soon as he put his hands on my biceps, I was like, I, to me, I was like, this is, I knew it was a once in a lifetime thing before that. But the moment he did that, I'm like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is touching my biceps. Right. And if you just kind of think about growing up, like who this guy is, like the Terminator, you know, it was a really kind of special moment. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, we have a repeat guest on the podcast, and I'm pretty sure you're going to like him. His name is Eb Samuel. He's the fitness director at Men's Health. Yes, so we're kind of competitors, but we're also close friends. I'll just say that much. Eb recently had the opportunity for a Men's Health cover shoot to work out with the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, he worked out with Arnold. He trained at Gold's, and Eb shares that story, and we dive deep using that as a lens into the difference between training and just working out. How do you have a goal going into a workout? How does Arnold get the most out of his workouts? And how has his training philosophy changed over his lengthy career in fitness? All that and more in this episode of the Bar Ben Podcast. Eb, I appreciate you coming back on the Bar Ben Podcast. We've crossed paths in person a few times since you were last on a couple years ago. Always a pleasure to chat. And we're going to dive right into it because... You recently worked out with Arnold Schwarzenegger for a men's health cover. And I want to hear about your experiences because I don't get to talk to someone every day who's worked out with maybe the most famous person in fitness. <laughs> and I know he didn't he didn't give you an easy time. Like he definitely uh, called you out on a few things. You were telling me about it. Like, I want the full scoop. Tell me about training with Arnold. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, first of all, it's on uh, um with apologies to my wife and our wedding and all those fun things, it was probably like the coolest thing I've ever done in, in my entire life. Um, he was a big inspiration for me kind of coming up in fitness. So to kind of get a chance to work out with him when the opportunity was presented, um, I wasn't going to say no. Right. It, at the same time, it was not, um, it was one, it was a tricky situation because I'm definitely the kind of person who wants to train hard in the gym. Um, and get a good workout and focus on the contraction and all that kind of stuff. But in a weird way, I also wanted to enjoy it in a different way because it is, um, yeah, I'm one of, yeah, I'm one of what, like a couple hundred people who's worked out with the guy, like gone through a workout. So I'm going to hold that over your head forever. Oh, please. Um, please. yeah. Until, until I do it, I got time. I got time. He is a lot more accessible too than people think. Like he, he works out at goals, you know, in, uh, in Venice. He seems really kind of, he's a lot more, I've been around a lot of those celebrity types and I feel like a lot of times they, um, they want to be left alone when they're working out, when they're doing an interview and they kind of make it very clear. And it's really easy in 2023 to make things very clear. If you don't, if you want to be left alone, you put on headphones, you kind of like just stare past people. It's not hard to make that clear. He makes it very clear. I think because he's older, he's 75 now. Um, and he, he, he honestly seems the exact opposite where he was, He's willing to kind of inspire people. He, I think he understands that's his role now, mm. that he's a little bit different from a fitness perspective. Um, that was one of the interesting things for me because, again, I grew up in like prime Arnold. First movie I ever saw in the movie theater was Terminator 2. I know he's not like that anymore. <laughs> so I know he's not that anymore. He's 75 years old. His body has changed. Um, you know, his his ability to move has changed. Um, and I was very curious personally, has his mentality changed? Because at some point, right, 
I'm going to be obstinate until I'm like 60 years old. I'm going to, you know, deadlift, you know, twice my body weight. And that's just how it is. Right. But at some point, um, all of us from this fitness diet are going to have to make this conversion to how do we change? How do we adjust? Um, and so I was lifting with him, training with him. Um, it was interesting to see how he's adjusted. His adjustment has been to train with all machines and to train at a faster pace because he's not moving the same weights he was before. But there were still lessons in there. One of the, you know, there were still lessons in there that he was able to kind of give me. Um, it was a really great refresher course on on full range of motion and what that means because he does everything on these machines all the way up, all the way down. In fact, he said that to me like eight million times when we were training. To me, I'm definitely, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm I'm the king of like partial reps and you know with with purpose, right? Right, right. You um, you like you like breaking yeah. things down like when when Eb Samuel approaches a like a a bicep curl. You're breaking yeah. things down into various components, targeting different heads and parts of the muscle. Like I know how I know how yeah. you operate and and I just interrupted your flow. But for those who don't <laughs> know, you should check out Eb's Instagram where he posts workouts and partial reps are a big component of your training. Yeah, exactly. And there's a purpose for them, right? It's like when we're fatigued, you know, so we can hit different points in the force curve, points in the muscle, uh, parts of the muscle. There's a purpose for it. And I feel like I'm from that new school um, because it, it seems cool and it, it, it resonates with people. There's a lot of science and reason behind it, too. And Arnold is very old school, right? It's full range of motion all the way up, all the way down. Um, and so it was kind of cool, too, because on some level, whatever I do kind of works, right? Whatever he's done in his history, I mean, he's arguably the greatest, the greatest physique of all time. Kind of works better than whatever I did, right? <laughs> so, so I tried to go in with um, with that mentality and took it as a refresher course, like on full range of motion. On, um, you know, he gave me a couple of really good tips on how to rear delt flies and rear delt training. I think is really important for all people. It's been really important for me this year. Um, he gave me a, re- a couple of good tips on how to get a little bit more out of my rear delt flies, right? And then the coolest thing is at the end, of, it's all circuits. He's moving fast the whole time, right? The coolest thing was at the um, at the end of the workout, he because he's still Arnold, so he finishes with an arm superset, right? Uh, it's it's um it's machine dips and machine preacher curls, two things they have right next to each other at Gold's Gym. Supernatural superset works really well, nice and safe. But he stepped behind me for the final set, and he put his hands on my biceps, like basically he was trying to get me to focus on the contraction more. Um, he made me lighten up the weight, which hurt my pride a little bit. But, you know, as soon as he put his hands on my biceps, I was like, that's when you read, to me, I was like, this is, I knew it was a once in a lifetime thing before that. But the moment he did that, I'm like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is touching my biceps, right? And if you just kind of think about growing up, like who this guy is, like the Terminator, you know, and it was kind of like, it it was kind of like, um, it was a really kind of special moment. It was also underscored, I think, another point he was trying to make from all of this, um, and he wanted to come through in our cover story. Um, and another point that did resonate with me, because I train by myself very often, and I like that, right? I have a lot of reasons that I do it. It really underscored to me the, the value of a good training partner. And he spoke a lot about that, about how, I guess, in his history, like once he got to New York or once he got to America, he always kind of had a training partner and you could always get that extra push. And it was a, it was a reminder for me that it's great to train by myself. And again, I have a lot of reasons for doing it, but kind of getting out there and finding like somebody like a, a training partner that you're compatible with, which I think is harder than most people realize. Um, finding a training partner you're compatible with who can push you, who can help you get a couple extra force reps. There's a lot of value in that. Um, so it was a very good refreshing course and a couple of basics that I just needed reminders on. And it was also super fun, makes for great content. So, you know, can't go wrong with that. 
he criticized you too, though, for trying to. Yes. Was it taking a selfie with him or something like? Like, what was going on with that? I was um because again, it, it's also 2023. And if it didn't happen, if it doesn't happen on Instagram, it didn't happen, right? I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to. Um, we went over to his favorite machine, which is a lateral machine. I was trying. I wanted. To, it was early in the workout. Like our, we were doing a five round circuit on shoulders. I wanted to make sure I got at least one good picture. So I was trying to kind of, you know, pull, pull my phone out and 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 make that picture happen. And he caught me. And it's funny because I'm usually the person who, to everybody else, I'll be, you know, I'm like, put away the phone. Let's focus, right? And he caught me, and he uh, he made it very clear that you don't pull out your phone. <laughs> Which also too like set a tone. It's those little things like set a tone for your workout, you know. Right. Because the moment he did that, like to me, it was like you know, kid in a candy store. A little bit of content. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get a training session with this guy, but it is a little bit of content, right? I feel like we all kind of think that way. And you know, he it kind of sets you straight real quick. Like this is a workout, you know, which is kind of where my mind should have been in the first place. And yeah, so he. Uh, he, he got me on that in full range of motion for most of the session. He's like, he's like, no, no, Eb Samuel, fitness director of men's health. We're here to, we're here to train. Let's talk about that. The difference between work, just working out and training. Like, even though he's 75, he's not, he's not doing a lot of free weights anymore. It's machine-based. He's still going in to train, it seems, right? Like, there's a training mentality. Yeah. And I think that's always, that's been something that's all I feel like has always been big for me too. And it is this idea, like when you go into, you know, I think people go into often into the gym to work out. Right. And it's basically like this, I, you know, when you go into the gym to work out, all you're doing is it's like, I kind of don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to sweat a little bit. I'm going to, you know, feel a little bit of burn. Um, I'm going to work out for, I always hate it when people tell you like, ask like, and this was something I noticed with him too. I would say when people ask how long, how long is, how long do you need to work out? How long is it going to take? To me, in my in my idea, it's I don't really care how long it's going to take. I'm going to cover whatever territory I need to to achieve my training goals, and that's my workout, right? Sometimes it's two hours, sometimes it's forty five minutes. And that was very much his mentality. You know, he walked in two circuits. We're doing five rounds of three exercises on shoulders. We are moving fast, but we're not trying to squeeze it into a certain time block. We're not trying to, you know, the stimulus he's chasing is shoulders on that day, and then we're going to do five rounds of his of his biceps triceps superset the stimulus he's chasing almost every day, some level of arms, right? And that's the territory he's covering. And however long it takes, it takes, right? I think that's the thing. Like he had, he has a very focused, even, you know, at 75, his goals have changed. One, I asked him why he works out because I was very curious, you know, he's no longer, you know, the, the piece of granite that he once was, right? So why does he work out? And his answer to me was very simple. It's like, I work out to, he basically said, I work out to continue to make my movies. And because this is how you stay alive, right? But he still goes, he's still not just, you know, running in and pointlessly burning calories or something like that. He's not trying to meet, he, he, he has a specific split that he stays, that he sticks by. One day it's shoulders, next day it's chest. He's still training one body part and then arms basically every single day of the week and, and making sure that he's, he has a plan, you know? And I think that's the difference when you're training, you have a plan. When you work out, you kind of just are going to the gym and you're going to get a lot more out of it if you're training, because then you have a goal and you can finish with it. Right. Most underrated machine exercise for the general population for, for someone who's general population. Right. I, I'm not asking like for myself because I have like super specific goals. I'm not asking yeah. for like elite level powerlifters. What's the most underrated machine? The machine that should always be full and there should, should always be a line for at the gym. I'm looking for a machine specifically. 
oh, I'm not telling you the machine that there should be a light at the gym because then there's going to be a line next time I use it. No, but if, if aside from the the aside from the fact that I hope nobody actually does this and listens to this part, so I can keep just going over and chilling. But I, I think it is the um, I think it is the 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 pec deck in particular, not for flies, not for flies, but for um, reverse flies. Mm. And it's because I think they hit so like the movement. You know, you the movement hits so much good stuff, right? We wind up getting rhomboids. We wind up getting our mid back muscles. We wind up balancing out our shoulders visually because most people tend to train the, the front shoulder by default a little bit more. We're going to get that when we hit our bench press too. Um, but most people aren't attacking the rear delts enough. You can hit, you can literally do the rear delt fly machine with your chest workouts. It's going to set up better contractions when you're doing your push exercises. You can do it with your back motions. It's great. Then you can do it with your shoulder motion. So it can fit in, in multiple ways. And also you're never, even when you're training it heavy, you're never really training it heavy. Right. I think the, the ideal underrated machine is something you can do multiple times per week that is not going to, um, like crush your CNS because then you can't come back to it. And the rear delt fly machine is one you can literally program it four to five times a week. It has purpose in, in when it's programmed that often and it's hitting a muscle group that everybody needs to hit more. And it honestly, like, when I started doing them, I was not a fan of them for a while, mostly because I was lazy and because I can't move as much weight on them that I can on other things. Right. And it, so it didn't juice my ego. And once I started doing them, the amount of kind of like just back development I got because you feel such a good squeeze when you find that rear, that good rear delt fly was amazing. So it kind of finished out a little bit of my visual from by. We talked about training with Arnold. The other thing we wanted to cover on this podcast, we're, we, we're treating this podcast like training. The first time you came on the podcast, we talked about everything. We were just burning empty cat. We were burning needless we calories. Out. We were working out, but now we're training. So we came up with a plan. First was training with Arnold. Second, and the bridge is underrated exercise. Second is we talked about the pendulum of fitness. You mentioned four or five years ago, five or six years ago. So we're talking 2017, 2018. The pendulum had swung to high intensity CrossFit is 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 really probably at its peak of popularity. High intensity functional training. We see during the pandemic the pendulum shift a little bit back to where people are saying, okay, actually maybe they're you, you called it a gentler, kinder version of fitness. And there's a lot of benefit to that, right? You have a lot of people who maybe took things a little too intensely, maybe got repetitive stress injuries, maybe overtrained. I've been guilty of that in the past. The pendulum swings to this more gentle, friendlier version of fitness. When we were prepping for this recording, you said, well, maybe the pendulum needs to swing back a little bit. Maybe we need to swing back toward that intensity a little bit. And I would love to hear your thoughts on why that is and what that looks like in your eyes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting too, because I think like that pendulum one over the course of time, like decades upon decades is always swinging back and forth between these two ideas because they sit in, you know, it, I think it's just always swinging back and forth. Right. I think it's key to understand how we got here, how we got to kind of gentler fitness. Um, and I think it comes from, you know, the, the CrossFit era was um, when we, when we asked people to do hard things, eventually some people are just like, I can't do that. Right. And especially when we have so many options for how we move these days or how we don't move with just what we can do with ourselves. Suddenly we decide we don't need to move at all. Right. And we were, we were trending, I think, a little bit towards that where fitness was becoming this this thing that was like only for hardcore people, right? If you're really into it, if you really desperately want muscles, if you really want to be like super fit, if you want to compete at the CrossFit Games, that's what you're doing, right? During the pandemic, something interesting happens because I think 
suddenly health and fitness is in front of everybody, right? All the time. First thing, you know, health and fitness, health and wellness used to be like the eighth thing they talked about on, on, you know, Good Morning America. Suddenly on some level, because they're talking about COVID, health and fitness moves up in importance and everybody is, it's in, it's ever present in everybody's minds and they realize they have to do something, right? Once suddenly you have a bunch of people who were never, ever going to do CrossFit, right? Never had that interest in it. Um, but at the same time, one, it's really good when everybody is getting activity. And two, it's it's kind of like they they know they have to be healthier, right? But they also can't do the hard stuff. So fitness, the fitness world almost had to accommodate a lot of beginners uh, or even like I almost categorize them a little bit differently, super beginners, right? Because they're people who, again, aren't really interested. They don't really have fitness goals. They do go into workout because they think that's what they're supposed to do to like not get COVID, to not die, you know? And so that we had, it was really, really good for fitness because the audience broadened a little bit or lacked, but it was really, really hard for fitness to kind of get across some of the staple messages we have about, you know, progressive overload. That's how you get stronger, right? Continually challenging the body. We're meant to do hard things. I believe we're meant to do hard things, not just for like health purposes and not just for, you know, to gain like physical strength and build more physical muscle. But I think we're meant to do hard things also because that builds a lot of mental strength and continually tests our mental muscle as well. So there's a lot of reasons for that. So I think right now what we need to do, we have, we have a lot of kinder, gentler options, right? You know, people, we have a lot of voluntary fitness options too, right? Where people can hop on their Peloton, they can hop on their hydro, they can work out at their own pace, you know, we have a lot of, again, that's also Silicon Valley fitness, right? Like you look at, you know, Apple fitness and all, they're, they're kinder, gentler versions of fitness that are meant to be in part because they need to keep people interested, right? And they need to keep people on the TV. You can't ask people to do a really, really hard workout on Apple fitness because if they do, like the, there's always a chance during a CrossFit workout that you're going to throw up, right? That's fine if you're a CrossFitter. If, if you're, you know, if you're, you know, like a mom or a dad and you're at home and you have to, you know, um, getting the workout in between like watching the kids and making dinner, then all of a sudden, right. The last thing you want to do is throw up and it's not really on the regimen for you, right. You want to get in a little bit of a sweat. So I think we've gotten in this mentality of, I got a little bit of a sweat. I moved a little bit and that's enough for a work. That's enough of a workout. And that really shouldn't be the case one, because as kind of a population, we've kind of hit, it's good because we're kind of hitting that low barrier of we're moving a lot or moving more. Um, and we still need to continue to improve on that, but we're supposed to be humans are supposed to be strong. Right. And very, very often too often in, in our regular lives because of Uber Eats and Instacart and all these ultra conveniences, we don't have to fulfill that kind of base level of strength that I did when I was a kid. Right. And I had to, you know, help my mom carry the groceries into the house, like basic stuff like that, right? We're not getting that kind of regular stimulus. So it makes sense to, for a lot of reasons, one, for general health purposes, like if we can build a lot of muscle in our 20s, 30s, and 40s, when we're in our 50s and 60s and 70s, even if we, that there are, there's a lot of science that says you're going to lose muscle when you get older, but if you have a reservoir of muscle from which to lose, then you're in a better position, right? right? So we need to spend a little bit more time in our 20s and 30s building muscle. And two, we're going to be we're going to be stronger for things we might want to do, right? Like base things and for things that happen when you have to push your car out of a ditch in the winter in the middle of North Dakota, right? We're going to be stronger for those things. Right now we're not I don't think 
we're preparing ourselves enough for that in part because we don't think we uh we need to right it's like the solution to picking up your groceries is um you know instacart and so there are too many ways we don't have to challenge ourselves so our workouts for that half hour 45 minute hour long block whatever it is should be not at, you know obviously we're going to pick our spots but um it should be filled with a little bit more challenge and a little bit more direct challenge yeah. i gotta ask the pushing your car out of the snow in north dakota was a very specific example were you ever stuck in north dakota <laughs> with a car you had to push out of a snowbank ab uh no i am a i'm a writer though so i'm really good with these graphic descriptions i have had to do that so i grew up in pennsylvania and my dad uh, i don't know if we ever talked about this but my dad my dad uh, had polio when he was young so he he can't his legs don't work so he can't really um get around so i would um if, if anything would happen to the car, he was the one that would stay in the car. And like 13 year old me was the one like back there trying to push it in the snow. And it happens in Pennsylvania all the time. Oh yeah. No, I've been, I remember, I'm old enough to remember the Pittsburgh blizzard in 93, 1992, 1993. I was a kid then, but I, I mean, I remember snow that was tall. I'd never seen anything like it. It was taller than me. People yeah. still talk about that blizzard. So <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of that there. Interesting. Okay. Everyone has, everyone is into strength training. They grew up in a place where it snows a lot. That's what I'm learning. And they have, they have this like internal <laughs> desire to build, to build resiliency. Um, what are some of the ways fitness can help us build mental resiliency? It's interesting. Cause I, I think at, at the, at its core, at its core, at its base, when you are challenging yourself properly, properly, when you're challenging yourself properly in a workout, it's going to help you build mental resiliency because the objective that we're like, if I'm doing four sets of 10 on the bench press, right. And I do say 185 pounds on my, and this is what I mean. I think people need to challenge themselves, right. If I do 185 pounds and I hit my 10 reps and it's nice and easy, the, the comfortable thing to do is to stay there. Right. And I'm going to do another 10 reps at 185. I'm going to do another 10 reps at 185. I'm going to hit my all four sets like that. Or I can, you know, throw a little bit of weight on, even if I haven't done that before, maybe add fives to each side, maybe add tens. And then I have to struggle a little bit, but maybe I get my eight or 10 reps, right? Maybe I fall a little bit short, you know, maybe I only get six reps and then I have to come back to the gym and I have to work on that the next week, right? But I think what happens inherently when we're challenging ourselves in the workout, on some level, the principle of progressive overload, which is, um, you know, whether you're trying to be a better endurance athlete, whether you're trying to be stronger, whether you're trying to build muscle, it is about that principle of progressive overload says we're going to challenge ourselves a little bit every, you know, every set, every week, every, every mesocycle, whatever it is. And that principle inherently means that you're putting something on a bar or you're, you know, saying that you're, you're putting a time out there or you're putting, you know, you're putting a, a rep count out there that you don't know if you can achieve. And again, sometimes you're not going to achieve it right but a bunch of times over the course of months and years and decades of training you're gonna you're gonna surpass you're gonna meet the number you you didn't think you could hit or you're gonna surpass it and in each of those instances you're giving your mind reinforcement that on some level and you're you're constantly hitting this principle because we do what five six exercises in the gym on a day right so every single day you know, every single day you train and you you do that, you're constantly giving yourself this reinforcement that I can do that thing that I did not think I could do, right? And you and you do this over and over and over. And the more you do that, the more I believe that can translate to life, right? 
because it's not necessarily the same things, you know, whether that's like being on video or writing a term paper, you uh, writing a longer term paper than you ever have, or, you know, being a parent, right? Like all of that is, is the same, but on some level, it's the same idea of in any of those instances, the first time you do it, you don't know if you can, you've, you life has progressively overloaded you with something and you have to kind of figure out if you can. And so the gym is a really, the gym is a unique place because, and your training is unique because it's the one time, whatever day you're training, whenever you're training, it's the one time that you're in complete control of how much you progressively overload things and how much you challenge yourself. But when you challenge yourself, it's like you gave yourself the challenge. There's something empowering about that. And then you defeated the challenge too. So there's a lot going on there. Eb, I absolutely love that. Uh, fantastic lessons, I think. I, I'm glad we went into this podcast with a plan because I feel like we trained. We didn't just work out and mess about. <laughs> yeah. Eb, where are the best places for people to follow along with you and your work? Best places for me are going to be my Instagram. That's at Ebenezer Samuel 23. I have a TikTok too, but I can tell you what that is. Um, Menshealth.com, obviously, that's where our cover story for Arnold sits. Uh, so make sure to check that out. And then the other place you'll find me very often is on YouTube, our YouTube for um, instructional fitness ideas and a lot of fitness concepts that are meant to make people think is at Men's Health Muscle. So I'd love for people to check that out. Um, there's a lot of me on there and we've got some really cool stuff coming up there soon. And thanks so much for joining us. As always, I'll catch you in person soon. Awesome. 